Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. choose to lift our eyes to you, to lift our hearts to you, Lord. We choose to declare your greatness and your glory and your beauty. What a joy, Lord, to be able to be here in your presence. What a joy to know, Lord, that by the blood of Jesus we are welcome and we are invited in. Thank you right now, Lord, that yeah, I believe you're inviting each one of us to cast our cares upon you, Lord. You're inviting each one to cast aside heavy burdens, distractions, to just afresh and anew fix our hearts and our eyes on you alone, God, in Jesus' name. sense there's somebody that's been wrestling with something with God about something it's, um, uh, it's become something that you've been praying about a lot um, I, I believe there's some forgiveness um, that you know that you, you need to forgive somebody um, but it's as if the you holding on to that thing and, and, and not releasing that person, not forgiving them, has become a, a shackle around your own feet. And it's become a, a, something that binds you to that thing in your past that happened. And I just believe the Lord is extending grace to you now that freely you have been forgiven and freely He has paid for your sin. He's forgiven us freely. He's given you opportunity to do the same. Um, and we thank you, Lord, that you give us grace to forgive. We thank you, Lord, that it's sometimes the hardest thing. We thank you, Lord, that you make provision for that. And I thank you for every heart here, Lord, that right now, that those of us that need to forgive others, Lord, thank you just for a grace right now to choose to say, Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you that I can also forgive. Thank you that you lift that shackle off my, off my feet in the spirit that I can walk forward again. And I thank you, Lord. I pray for, for those, that person or maybe those people, Lord, that you've, I pray that you soften our hearts, that you give us grace to forgive, and that you help us to, to lay aside those things of the past, Lord, in Jesus' name. There's no better place, God, than in your presence. Now, I thank you that your word says in your presence is fullness of joy. There's life forevermore, Lord. There's, there's rest and there's peace, God. Thank you that this evening, you know, I sense that you know, even when we have to repent of unforgiveness and stuff like that, thank you your word says that repentance brings times of refreshing. It's something we can look forward to. 
something we can do gladly with joy in our hearts, knowing that you bring times of refreshing. We thank you for that right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Anybody with a, a word or a testimony to share, encouragement to share, you're welcome to do so. Evening, everyone. Uh, I just feel like the Lord encouraging some of us that uh, I don't think we expect God to speak to us. And we also don't expect God to speak to us for other people. And I just feel like the Lord encouraging like everyone here that He can speak to all of us and He wants to speak to us, not just about our own lives and about our own struggles, but to, to almost trust God for word for other people. And I just feel like there's a, there's a grace almost in our lives, even tonight, to, to hear the voice of God for other people, but for our own lives and for others, but to expect that, and to expect that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us, expect that He wants to be involved in our community and in our church. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. So if, if that's for you and you've been wondering whether you should share something, that's uh, welcome to do so now. <laughs> uh, I remember that when I was trusting the Lord for that kind of thing the first time, um, it was a massive thing, and I was like, Yo, can the Lord really speak to me for, for somebody else? And uh, I've really found him so faithful with that. And uh, back in the day, before I had my own transport, I did spend a lot of time on buses and things, and aeroplane, or aeroplane, I don't have my own aeroplane. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you're traveling, and uh, I came into this habit of praying before a journey like that, saying, Lord, Whoever's been going to sit behind, next to me, you know, do you want to speak to them? Do you want to say something? And it's, I can basically say 100% of the time that I've prayed that prayer, God has wanted to minister to the person next to me. Yeah, so if there's anybody else that wants to share something, or if you feel you have a word or encouragement for a specific person, um, please be bold and share it with them at the end. Amen. Good stuff. Thanks for that word. Thanks so much, band. Really appreciate you guys and the team at the back there, behind. Uh, it's such a blessing. I think I'm supposed to stand behind this thing. Great stuff. My name is Yaku. For those that uh, we haven't met yet. I just want to make sure I don't fall over stuff here, so please excuse me. And uh, yeah, it's so great to have you all here. It's a privilege for me to share the word this evening. Um, we are having such a laugh. Oh, yeah, we had such a good time of fasting. Um, was it last Sunday and Monday? Thanks to all of those that were able to join. I know that sounds like a something that doesn't go to, together, good time and fasting. But, uh, yeah, it was tough at one end, but it was also great. Um, my um, Two of my kids, Abigail and David, Abby is nine, David is seven, they heard about this fast thing and they said they want to also fast. So I said, really? 
Emily is our, our little one. She's five. And uh, what I'm really enjoying, what I'm enjoying about her, one of the things at the moment is she's just got this expectation for life, things, things that are going to happen and cool stuff that's coming up. So she, like when school was going to start, she's now in grade R, which is, a, which is closer to big school than grade double R. You know? So she was so excited schools to start and she was counting the sleeps and like three weeks before she was always say, also already saying so how many sleeps is it until we can go to school you know so that got a bit tedious but now she's counting the sleeps for we have this camp that we have at the, church, at the school it's called the papa camp you know it's for the dads and the children uh, for only the little ones so so we said she can come along because they're doing it a bit differently. So it's a bit of a backyard camp now because they can't really have a big camp. But in any case, so she's counting the sleeps. How many sleeps is it today until the papa camp? But what really encouraged me, and I want to actually just mention, is that I really believe that God put that inside of us, that thing of, I can't wait. I'm expectant. And I really believe God wants to stir that again in our hearts for, for Him. And not only for him, but for, for the gathering of the saints, you know, when we come together and for that expectation of, wow, you know what, when, we, when that thing's going to happen, when we're going to gather, stuff is going to happen, God is going to be there, it's going to be amazing. And, and, you know, Emily's, the little eyes just light up, your papa comes, only six to five sleeps, and she figures it out. But, uh, you know, that when we think about, yo, I'm going to gather with my small group, or when I come to church, or I've got that time set aside that I'm... I'm, I'm just going to spend with the Lord. I'm, I've got that hunger and an expectation of Him. Amen. Great stuff. Let's pray as we just get into the Word. Hallelujah. Father, we're so thankful for this time and Your presence. And we, you know, we choose to lay aside the distractions. We choose to lay aside worries and stresses and things, Lord. And we look to You. We choose to trust you with all of those things. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come as our teacher, and that you would lead us into truth, Lord, that you would impart life to us through your living word, that you would breathe life over us again, Lord, that you'd fill us afresh with your spirit, Lord, that when we move, when we leave this place, that we would be more like Christ, that we would reflect your glory to a broken world, and, Lord, that we would be closer to you and more like you, God. And, Lord, above everything else, come and have your will in this, have your way in this place. Let your will be done in this place. Let your kingdom come in our midst tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Great. Um, yeah, we um, we if you those of you who missed Pastor Heinrich's message two weeks ago, we watched it on the video. Please try and watch it on YouTube. Um, I think it's really just so crucial. I'm going to refer back to it once or twice, but um, yeah, it's going to really bless you. This evening, I'm going to follow a little bit on that. Um, but maybe first, I want to ask a couple of things. So, firstly, if you had to think about your most prized possession, what would that be? You know how people say, you know, if you when your if your house had to burn down, what's the thing that you would grab? I always tell Anna, we have to grab the children first. You know, you have to you have to prioritize. No, I'm kidding. But obviously, you know. <laughs> After the children, what do you grab? Um, our problem is if when you have three, your fans are going to be full. But in any case, so, uh, a shame. We know people that it happened to the other day, and um, they weren't even there to make that decision about what to grab. But luckily, they weren't in danger, so that was a blessing. But uh, and another, maybe another thing I want to ask is, what is most precious? What is most precious to you? So that could be something else. It could be something that's not tangible. Um, and then I want to ask, what is the most expensive thing that you possess, that you and I possess? And that's something that Heinrich kind of alluded to and, I, and made me think a bit. And um, But if you think about it, the most expensive thing that you and I have if we are in Christ, is we, we have access to the presence of the Almighty God. We have been given free access. We've been given this gift, and this gift is not cheap. So it's very expensive because the highest price was paid for us to have this, possess this access, this free Gift to, to be able to enter his presence. Um, Jesus gave his life for you and I to, to, to be able to have this direct access to the, the king of the universe, the creator of everything. So if you think about that, it kind of hurts your brain a bit. Like we still struggle to get our heads around that. But he paid that price so that we are able to. The scripture speaks of a new and living way that he made. Um, and um, I was just praying before and, and thinking it's so amazing because it's one of the, th the challenging things in society is that it seems to be there's levels and there's, there's lots of inequality and there's so many frustrating things. You know, we're living in England. They have this class system which they say doesn't exist anymore, but it's still very much alive. You know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, it's, it, it's, it's not as pronounced, but it, there's different ways it's still so many inequalities but the amazing thing about the gospel is that at the foot of the cross the saying goes the ground is level there's nobody god is not a respecter of persons he respects the blood of jesus Amen. and that's what it makes us so powerful is that everybody that is under the blood of jesus has got the same access to his presence so i can't come with my cv and my my bank statement and it wouldn't really help in my case, but you know I can't come with that and say, "Listen, can I you know 
Uh, the Lord says, by the blood of Jesus, we enter into his presence. Um, and uh, that's just so powerful because it's so opposite to the world. The world looks at you know, everything else and all these levels and inequalities, but Jesus, God just says, if you under the blood, you can enter in. Amen. So that's exciting. And when um, Heinrich was talking about just us entering his presence and us accessing that place of rest in his presence, and he was talking about different kinds of rest. So please listen to that. Um, I, w- I want to ask a bit more. I want to ask, how, how does this work, and how do we actually come into his presence, and what are the things that keep us from that place of getting into the presence of God and really coming to that place of rest? And uh, so I want to look at a couple of things, some a bit more practical. Um, but before we get to that, actually, before we get to the practical things, I want to look at um, this concept. So, if we look around us at creation, um, we see every living organism, whether it be a plant or an animal, or you know, has an ideal place, an ideal environment where they flourish really well. Okay. So if you're into gardening, you'll probably know this thing, this plant needs to be in the shade with lots of water, or this one needs less water, and you know, etc., etc. I'm not so good with gardening, so sometimes I plant something and it dies the next week. I'm like, what did I do wrong? You know, why is what's the problem here? And then sometimes I plant something and I'm hoping it stays smallish, and then it just goes huge. You know, so. But obviously, if you know your way around the garden, you'll know the ideal environment. Similar, you know, obviously. To animals and and the one example I want to use is, is fish. Okay, this is an easy one, right? Fish are designed to be in water. Hallelujah. And the fishermen, uh, like the pros, like Doug Damon, who will tell you, a fish doesn't operate so well if it's not in the water. You know? And uh, now I am not such a big fisherman, but I have I have seen what the fish do when you actually get them out of the water. So. There are humane ways to make sure the fish doesn't suffer, but um, there's a lot of action that happens. So even when the fish is out of the water, there's life happening and there's action and there's lots of flapping and stuff going on for at least a little while. So it seems like there's still something going on, but obviously then the, the fish dies and basically suffocates. Um, but the fish's ideal environment is obviously is water, right? And I believe in the very same way that a fish needs to be in water, you and I have been designed and created to be in the presence of God. We have been designed and we have been put together in a way that we flourish and we have an abundance of life when we are in the presence of God. When we are living from that place of His presence and His rest and His peace. Amen? And... Um, yeah, you may have seen, yeah, I really I believe we've been created for that. And you may have seen some fish apparently can live for quite a long time just in a very little bit of water or in, even in like muddy, like very, pretty much just mud for quite a, apparently quite long. And, uh, but I don't think that's like flourishing. I don't think that's just bas- basically surviving. And uh, one of the th- pictures I had when I was preparing was, 
that when we are not pursuing that presence of God, and when we're not immersing ourselves in the presence of God, we end up being like that fish that's in a little puddle or in a listen stuck in the mud, just just surviving. There's just enough oxygen, just just that I'm not dying. It's as, as if enemy has managed to convince us that's fine. I can just be there. I'm completely stagnant. I can't move. I'm in the mud. I'm just making it. But somehow I'm convinced this is fine. This is abundance of life. I can, I can handle this. And we've almost forgotten what it's like to be in the river, in the deep water, in the fresh, deep stream of God's presence. Are you with me? And uh, Anyway, so what, what is the stuff that why do we struggle to live in that place? Why do we struggle to enter into the presence of God? Why do we sometimes you know, wrestle? Why is that a challenge sometimes for us? And I believe one of the key things that I want to look at is, you may have noticed this, in the society we live in, it's, it's uh, very important to be able to multitask. Have you, have you seen that? Especially when, when you have one of these... Um, it seems like we are permanently multitasking, right? And, uh, and it's almost like it's, it's a noble thing. It's good. You have to be able to multitask. Because there's so many important things that are happening right now, you know. You have to be able to work, plus get your social life on social media going, plus sort out this and this and this. And our minds are like a hundred places at the same time. And it's almost like it has to be like that. And obviously, if you're a parent, if you have little children, there will be some, some multitasking, believe me. Um, so that, unfortunately, comes with the territory. A friend of mine is going to be a dad soon for the first time. He has two boys, but he wasn't around when they were babies. You know, he, he got married. They were already um, like eight and something. But, uh, <laughs> but now he's going to be a dad um, and I, I was telling him, we need to have a coffee because this is different. You know, that, that little one is, is different. <laughs> you need to do some stuff. In any case, so, so we got this thing that we have to multitask. And the problem is we, we come into the presence in this, of God in the same way. We are there, but we are also a hundred other places. Our mind is not 100% there. And, uh, you know, we come into God's presence, but... We feel we need to be productive, so my head is still busy with my to-do list on the one side, and my head is busy with my prayer list on the other side. And at the same time, I'm listening to a worship song in the background, so I'm actually trying to spend time with God. Um, and I really believe for us to really connect with God, we're going to have to find ways to, to give Him all our attention. Amen? We actually sang that. Just a bit earlier, Lord, we fix our eyes on you. We give you all our attention. Such a powerful thing to sing, but do we? How practically do we actually do that? Uh, so we come into His presence, but our minds are all over the place, and our, sometimes we are overwhelmed by our challenges, our problems, even our sins. Sometimes, and this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't bring those things to God. Yes. You know, we must bring those burdens. We must bring those sins. We must bring those things and cast our cares upon Him. But I believe there's such a powerful place when we choose to take our attention off those things and fix it 100% on God. 
to make a decision to give Him all our attention. You know, we come into His presence with the good things and the bad things and the positive things and the negative things and what has gone right and what has gone wrong. But to take our eyes off those things and to say, Lord, I want to give you all my attention. That's what it's going to take. I mean, uh, you know those uh, invitations that you sometimes get, and that's where my um, title comes from, when it says, your presence is requested. Sometimes they say, your presence is required. So it seems like it's not really an invitation. It's like just a, you have to be there type of situation. (laughs) And I believe when we really want to connect with God, your presence is required. Amen. We're going to have to be fully present there to really connect with the Father. Okay. In terms of maybe just a relationship tip on the side, uh, most people, if you're multitasking while spending quality time with somebody, do not experience that as love. Just a, maybe a tip for somebody out there. <laughs> Especially if you're multitasking on your phone while spending quality time with a loved one. They're not going to receive that as uh, quality time. Um, And I've seen this with my children as well. It's amazing when you sit face to face and you make sure that you're on their level. You look them in the eye and you talk about something. You give them all your attention. You can see how they just receive that love. In the same way when we connect with the Father. Amen. Proverbs twenty three twenty six. <clears throat> no, that's that's not it. Okay, there we go. Sorry, what did I miss a scripture? Yes, sorry, go one back. Sorry, you were right. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about us being created for the presence of the Lord. Let's just read that scripture with first John five. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's quite simple. And I believe that also counts for the presence of God. I mean, that when we have Him, when we have His presence, we have life. Okay, let's look at Proverbs 23. It says there, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Give me your heart. How often our, our hearts are so divided or so over the place. He says, give me your heart. How can we apply our hearts to God? Somebody said this is prayer is applying the application of your heart to God. Applying my heart to Him. All of it. That's what prayer is all about. When I'm applying my heart to God. Amen. A.W. Tozer says that, when the eyes of the soul looking out meet the eyes of God looking in, heaven has begun right here on this earth. When the eyes of the soul are looking out and meet with the eyes of God looking in, heaven has begun. And so he says that's when the connection comes, when we give all of our hearts and when we fix our eyes on him and where that connection takes place, where our focus is only on him, that's like heaven has just begun. Amen. And I believe there's this amazing invitation for us, each one, to connect with God in that way. So, so there's a bunch of distractions, right? There's stuff keeping our heads busy. So uh, Eric Gilmore writes, he says he's got two R's for himself when he is connecting with the Lord. 
terms of in terms of keeping distractions at bay. He says, firstly, it's the two R's are remove and refuse. Firstly, he removes, he chooses, he deliberately removes his attention from all the other stuff that's keeping his mind busy. And then while he's communing with God, while he's just praying or while he's spending time with God, he refuses to give attention to anything else. Okay? So that's maybe a practical thing that Obviously, what will help is to switch off everything else, all the stuff that makes noise, <laughs> devices and things. Uh, children are difficult to switch off, you know, but um, there are times of the, of the day where they rest. It's amazing. And then, you know, those moments you have to use. But he um, says the, R, the two R, to remove and to refuse, to take all our attention away from everything else and to put, fix it on Christ. And to when any uh, you know for me I often have to deal with stuff that wants to come into my head while I'm busy with God, and to say no no not now thank you very much. And um, so we need a stillness not only in our external environment but we also need a stillness in our heart to be able to connect with Him. And that's I find even when it's not so still around me if I have that stillness in here, I can really connect with Him. I can actually I can actually uh, really enter in and really connect with God. Amen? Okay, Psalm 25, 1 and 2. There we go, thanks. Um, David writes, he says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. This is David writing. He's in another place, he says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my eyes. I lift up my soul. And so he's saying, Everything in me, my soul, my mind, my emotions, everything, I lift up to you. I choose to focus on you. So many times our eyes are here. You know, we just, stuff's happening. I'm anxious about something. I'm worried about something else. I'm stressing. I'm planning, thinking about three steps ahead, stuff that I need to do this afternoon or whatever. Our eyes are here, or I'm, I'm overwhelmed with my sin, or with my, I'm ashamed of something, or I'm, whatever it may be, often our eyes are right here. And for us to be really to connect with Him, we need to lift our eyes away from that stuff, amen? And to be able to fix our eyes on Him, to be able to focus on Him, to give Him all our attention. Um, Taking our, you know, often we're so aware of our own shortcomings. We're so aware of our fallibilities and our weakness. And we still focus on that stuff instead of just looking to Him. Instead of, instead of just lifting our eyes. And as David writes, lifting our soul, lifting our hearts to Him. Yeah, so basically, <clears throat> you know, if you see this picture of a, of a fish out of water, just kind of doing that thing and really not making it, I really believe that's us in the spirit when we're living outside of the presence of God, when we're starving ourselves of the presence of God, when we're you know, not living in that place of, of fullness and living in a place of His presence and His peace. Um, and, I, and this is a weird thing because I don't believe God, well, God does say He never forsakes us, right? So that doesn't mean God's not with us. So he's, he's end of the bargain. There's no problem. He's, he's always there. But the problem is on our side. We're not there. We're not present in terms of our, our 
our hearts and our minds and our focus. So he is there. He doesn't need to change, but we, we need to change. Amen. So just as if like a fish struggles to survive out of water, I believe we have the same issue. We become weak. We struggle. We wrestle with things. Wrestling with the challenges of life just becomes 100, 100 times harder. Wrestling with decisions and fears and so many other things just becomes insurmountable when we are, when we are out of that place of peace. When we are on our own when we are like out of the water. Um, you know, the scripture refers to so many things coming at us. And the one place it talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Talk about stuff like greed and and so many temptations and stuff like anger coming at us. And uh, I was listening to this thing um, by Daniel Glender the other day. And he was saying the, the best way to counteract all these things that are coming at us, you know, sometimes it's fears or anxiety, stuff like that, is to find a place where we stay satisfied in Christ. When we stay full in Christ, when we stay completely fulfilled in Him. Um, and um, <clears throat> I've experienced this, you know, when, you, when you're fasting or when you're really hungry, it's not a good idea to go shopping. In a, like food, it's actually a bit ridiculous. I spend a lot more money than I need to if I'm fasting and I'm shopping for food. Or you buy stuff you don't really need, or you, something looks amazing. I've never eaten it before in my life, but I'm just so hungry now. Yes, this looks great. Let's put that in as well. <laughs> well your food budget goes out the door, and uh, um, so. But when you when you're full, when you've had a good meal, you don't. And you walk past a massive buffet or something, you're not, you know, have a desire to eat some more now because you're satisfied. And that's how we work spiritually as well. If I'm satisfied, if I'm satisfied in Christ, that other stuff is just going to be so easy for me to, it's not even going to be a, an issue. Um, and, you know, I've often, you know, we, we work so hard to, deal with our anxieties or our fears to deal with all those lusts and stuff that we talked about. We, we work so hard and we try so hard and we have stuff in place and we have the 10 steps and we're being accountable. All those things are really great. But if we're not being fulfilled in Christ, that is such a difficult, hard battle. Amen? But when I'm full, I'm full, really. I don't have a desire for that stuff. And that's where lust comes from, is when desires are misdirected. Desires that are of God are misdirected. That's when lust, is in, that's when lust comes in, whether, whatever kind of lust it is. So when we have the desire that is of God, that is actually fulfilled in Him, when we have that satisfied, then we are full and we are fulfilled. We don't have that then have that massive battle going on. So the ultimate defense against temptation is satisfaction in Him. Okay. All right. And that when we are in Him and when we are filled, filled and we are um, satisfied in Him, we can flourish in, for, in what He has prepared for us and what He has 
laid before us. How do we cultivate that satisfaction? It's not something that comes just like this, you know. It's a, something that needs to be cultivated. And I believe the more time we spend with Him, the more we learn to enjoy God, the more we find our joy in Him, the more we, we become satisfied. We cultivate that place of satisfaction that is only in Him. Okay. And I believe that's a word for somebody here. Um, that God is inviting you to find your joy again in Him. It's as if there's maybe one or two people here who feel like you've lost the joy of salvation. And I really believe He's inviting you to connect with Him in that place where you are again just full of joy of knowing God, joy of knowing you're saved, your joy of knowing that that He's paid this price for you and He's demonstrated His love for you. The joy of knowing that He's saved you from the pit of hell and He's saved you and He's invited, brought you into light and into a life of eternity with Him. And I really believe He's inviting you back to that place. Okay. One of the key shifts I believe we need to make when we are choosing to find our joy in Him uh, is this there's this uh, the same guy, that Eric Gilmore guy, he was saying that, you know, the, the concept of worship modern in the you know, modern uh, Christianity, if you want to call it that, or maybe Western Christianity, is, is so often just linked with singing a song or something like that. He says he tries to use a completely different word just to get, you know, get our minds out of that rut. And he says he likes to think about when he communicates you know, communicates with God when he connects with the Lord. He tries to think a bit of in the terms of adoration. In what way can I express my adoration for God? So that doesn't have to be linked to music or to singing a song. You know, sometimes we think if I'm sitting on the couch just checking my Facebook, watching a series, but I'm listening to Christian music in the background, I'm, I'm actually worshiping. Uh, <laughs> But a place of where I'm wanting to connect with God, and I'm really wanting to enter and you know, connect with Him on a deep level, He says, how am I expressing? How do, how do I adore Him? And He says we have to shift from a place of doing just admin with God to a place of adoring Him and expressing our adoration. Uh, Tozer again, He says, we are much more likely to inquire of God than to adore we are much more wired towards, I've got my list, got my prayer list and my faith goals, and we end up inquiring, but we're not really expressing adoration. Does it make sense? And uh, I was chatting to a friend in church the other day, this week, and we were talking about church things, and we had some admin to do in terms of just, just structures, small groups and things, um, and I thought, and we were always talking, I thought, actually, we need to have another meeting just to connect. Because when we're doing admin, we don't really connect. You know? and often we do that with God. We do our admin. We say, I've got to run. <laughs> you know, we bring our list and we bring our faith goals and stuff. And we do admin with God, but we don't really connect with Him. Amen. Um, so into making a shift from inquiring to really adoring God. Making a shift from admin to adoration. Amen. The, the definition for adoration is a deep love and respect to worship, to venerate, 
great admiration, love, honor, um, such a lot in that word. So we, how do we adore him? How do we express that adoration? Okay. David writes, uh, I'm just going to paraphrase. So a few times in Scripture he speaks, he says, Lord, my salvation. He doesn't just say, Lord, you've, you, you've given me salvation. He says, you are my salvation. Um, did I miss another Scripture? Yes. My goodness gracious, why am I missing? So when I was talking about being satisfied... <laughs> Uh, you, one who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry, everything bitter is sweet. So when we are full, you know, not even be tempted by honey, but, but when we are, we are hungry, when we're not fulfilled in Christ, even the bad stuff is going to feel good to us. Amen. Okay. Um, you know that scripture in John 14, don't go there yet. <laughs> you know that scripture... In John 14, that says, um, Jesus speaking to the guy, says, I, I will show you the way. I will teach you the truth. And uh, I will give you 10 steps to having a good life. You know that scripture? John 14. You don't know it. No, <laughs> the 10 steps. He actually says, let's read it together. He says there, John 14, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth. And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is a massive shift I believe we have to make is that Jesus did not only pay for our salvation, He is our salvation. Jesus did not only come to show us the way, He is the way to the Father. He didn't say, I will tell you the 10 steps to have a good life. He says, If you're with me, you have life. I'm, I am the life. You know, even as I've so many times seen, even as mature, mature believers, we, it seems like we build up spiritual coping mechanisms. So we know we have, what we have to do. You know, we know this and that is going to help me. But so often we, we neglect the actual source of life. We know how to access the power of the name of Jesus. We pray powerful prayers. We, we read the scripture even, but how often do we neglect the actual person that is our salvation? How often do we do all those spiritual coping mechanisms, but we're not really connecting with the, the way. He is the way. Um, he's not only the, our salvation. He's not only purchased it on the cross, but He is it. He, him as a person is our salvation. So in that place of desperation, the more I connect with Him, and the more I take my eyes off the challenge, and this is what we do, we focus so much on the cross, and say, Lord, fix this thing, help me with this thing. Uh, but the more I can focus on the answer, because He is the answer, the more I take my eyes off the crisis and off the challenge and off my sin, the more I fix my eyes on Him, the more fulfilled I will be, the more encouraged I will be, the more I will be able to see from His perspective, the more I will experience Him as the actual, my actual salvation. Amen.
So he doesn't only show us. He doesn't only provide for us. He is the provision. He himself is the provision. His person, him, in his presence, we find all of those things. I don't know. You guys don't do this, but I think you're much too spiritual for that. But what I sometimes do when I bring a problem to God is I make suggestions. Like, Lord, you know what? This is what you should do. Because I've, I've figured this problem out, okay? This is the problem, or this is what I need. I know I've got a good idea of what God should do. And, and yeah, you know, Lord, this is my suggestion for this challenge. <laughs> um, so in the back of our minds, sometimes, maybe not in the front of our minds, maybe in the back of our minds, we say, Lord, I, I think this is going to be great if you could provide in this way, you know, or if you could help out. And... Uh, but I really believe there's a place that He has prepared for us when we are so fulfilled in His presence, we are so fulfilled in who He is, that even when He does, when he does not come through as we hoped He would, or in the way that he, we hoped He would, even then, He is sufficient for us. Amen? Even when I'm trusting for this kind of healing or this kind of thing, and I'm entering His presence, that all of that stuff, all my plans, my suggestions go out the window, and I'm fulfilled by Him. He Himself is enough for me. Even in that place when He doesn't come through like I hoped for. Even in a place where He doesn't provide it when He thought He should have already provided even when that prayer hasn't been answered, when I thought, I hoped it would have been answered by now, even then, that I'm fulfilled by who He is. I'm satisfied because He is my salvation. Because in His presence, there's fullness of joy. There's joy, there's peace forevermore. You know, there's, um, that He Himself is enough for me. I want to read from this Scripture, Daniel chapter 3, you know, Daniel's um, friends, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they are refusing to bow before this statue, and, uh, and the, the king tells him this, he says, but if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into the burning fiery furnace, this huge thing that there, uh, deadly, um, and who is the God? who will deliver you out of my hands. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, But Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If it, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. He is able. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. And then they say this very important thing. They say, But if not, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't come through like we are hoping he would, even if he chooses for some reason not to come through, even if he chooses for us to die in the furnace today, even if he doesn't deliver us, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. He is sufficient for us, even when he doesn't come through like we hope for. Amen? Even if we die today, that doesn't change anything. Because he's still sufficient. Amen. I believe there's a place we, God invites us to. 
when we are so fulfilled in Him, we are so satisfied in Him, that we are able to find that strength and that fulfillment, even when it doesn't come through like we hope for, even when stuff goes completely different than we hope for. Guys, this is a reality. Sometimes in our relationship with God, we have massive disappointments we have to deal with. Stuff we've hoped for, stuff we've prayed for, stuff we've put our faith out for, stuff we've fasted for. And things don't go that way. I really believe God is inviting us to that place where we find our sustenance in Him as a person. In His presence and find that place where we connect with Him. We give Him all our attention. Where we are so full that all those struggles and all those difficult things become negligible. I'm going to take a moment to have communion and then uh, just going to pray for some people specifically. Um, I told you about that picture that I had of some of us that almost like we stuck in mud. And maybe that's applicable for somebody here or somebody listening online somebody listening to the recording, but if you feel spiritually like just stagnant, just making it, surviving, I really believe that God is inviting you to come back into the stream, to come back into His presence. Thanks so much. To really trust Him again, not to just make it, not to just be stagnant. Just not you know, just lie there in the mud without being able to move, but to really be able to flourish in what He has prepared for you. <clears throat> and another thing I felt is that there's a couple of us here this evening that have to make that shift from from inquiring and doing admin with God, just making a shift to to re- adoration. And it's it's not going to just be a once-off. It's going to for some of us. Thanks so much. Most of us, it's going to be a deliberate choice to make. Amen? Deliberate choice to move from that place of just, you know, doing a bit of admin with God and to really make place to adore Him, to express our adoration. Okay. So we're going to pray about that in a moment. While we're handing out the communion, and just before we pray for the communion, um, if you've received the communion elements, why don't you take a moment just to reflect on the cross, and just to reflect on this most precious, most expensive thing that we have, that we possess, that was purchased with such a high price that Jesus gave his life, that he made that new and living way for us to be able to enter his presence, to be able to freely and boldly come into his presence, to without fear, without shame, without guilt. When we are in Christ, to come to him freely, Just take a moment to reflect on that and just to thank Him.
I'm just going to pray. Did we miss anybody? Just raise your hand if you skipped you. Thanks. Upstairs. Let's just reflect on that. I'm going to pray for the communion just in a moment. But just before we do that, please just take a moment to thank God for the cross. And just reflect on this price that he paid. Oh, Father, you're so faithful, Lord. Oh, Lord, we can't fathom the price that you paid by giving your son. Stand in awe, Lord Jesus, that you paid this price for us. Your body was broken, that you endured the torture and the shame, that you took every curse upon yourself, that you took all that rejection. We cannot even fathom what you bore that day. But you took all of it upon yourself, Lord, to the point of death, so that we may have life, so that we may know you, Lord, so that we may come boldly into your presence. We thank you, God. Thank you that even in that moment when you died, Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you, Father, that you tore the veil in the temple, the veil that separated man from your presence. You tore it in two. You said, now the way is open again. Now you have free access through the blood of Jesus. Now you can come anytime. Thank you, Lord. We stand in awe, Lord, of your faithfulness and your great sacrifice. And we stand in awe of this gift. Just before we have communion, as every head is bowed in this place, if you're sitting here right now this evening and, and you know you have not yet have, you don't yet have life in Christ, you're not even in the river yet, you're not even in the water yet, right now you know you don't have a relationship with Him. Maybe you, you have had some kind of relationship with Him in the past, or maybe you've had a church experience in the past, but right now you know that you are not right with God. You know that you are far from Him. I believe the Father is inviting you to come back to Him, to come to Him maybe for the first time. I believe He's inviting you, saying, I've paid the price for your sin. I've, paid, I've done everything so that you and I can be reconciled again, says the Father. So if that's you, or every head is bowed, or... If it's you and you have a desire, you want to respond to that invitation tonight, won't you just raise your hand for a moment? It will be my pleasure to pray with you this evening. Is there anybody like that? If you want to choose to step into that place of relationship with Him. Amen. Father, we thank you for this bread that we have as a a symbol of your body that was broken for us. Thank you, Lord, that as we take this bread, we do this in remembrance of you, God. Your body was destroyed, tortured, broken, beaten, absolutely, completely torn apart so that we may have life. And right now, as we celebrate this, as we remember your death on the cross, as we remember your broken body, thank you, God, for your provision that is in the broken body of Christ. Thank you, Father, 
for the fullness of provision that you have made through the broken body of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, and we partake in it. We receive it in the name of Jesus. And even as we eat, we thank you for healing. Even as we eat, we thank you for provision. Even, Lord, as we remember, we thank you, Lord, for your fullness, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Let's eat together. Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. And even as we take this juice, Lord, we take it as a symbol of the blood, the blood of Christ that was shed for us. Thank you that there's life in the blood and that your blood paid the price for us. Bought us free. We were enslaved to sin. We were under the curse of sin and death, but you purchased us with a price. You paid with your blood, and now we are free. Thank you, Lord, for new life. Thank you, Lord, for a clean slate. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you, Lord, that you broke every curse that was over us. Thank you, Lord, you broke every chain. And that in the blood of Christ, in the fullness of the power of your resurrection, we have life in abundance. And as we do this, we do this in remembrance of you, Lord. We celebrate the cross and we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. Yeah, even right now, Lord, we thank you that every curse is broken. In the name of Jesus. Every curse over every life here is broken in the name of Jesus. Every assignment of the enemy is null and void by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand for a moment. I just want to just now close in prayer. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Now, just another thing I felt as I was praying is I felt there's some people here maybe even listening online, that you feel under a lot of pressure to keep up the appearance of being okay, to keep up the appearance that everything is fine, that you're fine spiritually, but actually you feel so overwhelmed that sometimes you feel like you're drowning. Um, I just believe God knows. He wants to express that He knows what you're going through. And He is right there with you. And He's inviting you to reach out to him. He's stretching out his hand to you. And I just feel, well, if that's you this evening, um, there, that there's such a freedom in Christ. that You don't have to keep up the appearance of being okay. But when we are in this presence, when we are amongst the family of faith, that it's okay not to be okay. Amen. I really believe there's an invitation for you to humble yourself before God and to receive his grace and His presence and His provision for your situation. And as I said, if you're feeling like that person in the mud, if you're feeling like that, you need to make that shift from inquiring to adoring, I want to specifically pray for you as well afterwards. Okay? Or if you feel like this, you're keeping up this appearance, you have this pressure on you, I just I feel we just need to pray for you. Okay, so I'm going to close now, but if you in any of those groups... Please come forward. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this evening. Hallelujah, God. There's no better place than in your presence, Lord. Oh, Lord, one day, one moment in your courts, one moment in your presence is better than anywhere else, God. A thousand elsewhere. Lord, we, we choose today. We choose, Lord, again to set aside 
everything else, Lord. We choose to fix our eyes on you, God. We choose to give our, all of our attention to you. Thank you right now. We just choose to fix our eyes on you and our hearts and our minds. You deserve all our attention. I sense there's some hearts here where there's such a lot of storms going on that God wants you just to speak a word of peace right now. As you just fix your eyes on Him, I just sense He wants to speak peace over those storms in your heart, in your thoughts. Peace in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you that as we go from this place, that we do not go from your presence. Thank you that we can continually operate from a place of peace, God. Thank you that we continually can choose to fix our eyes on you, Lord. Oh God, we thank you, Lord, for fruit in our lives, Lord. Our desire is to be more like you, Lord. Our desire is to know you, Lord, to find our fulfillment in you alone. Let your kingdom come, God. Let your name be glorified in our midst, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.